Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. So after my divorce, when I was going through my rebirth and I was broke, I got super into fitness and it kind of became my spine. I became obsessed with it and uh, the amount of workouts I did wrecked my body. And so I needed massages once in a while and massages are, I don't know, $300 plus. And so I found this legit Thai massage place. Um, and I say legit because, uh, you know, a, a lot of them I understand can be kind of shady. And it was $60 for like an hour, um, a dollar a minute. And so I went there often. Anyway, yesterday I uh, felt tired and instead of working out, I decided, okay, I need to recover. I want to give my body a massage. I haven't given myself a massage uh, in, a, in a while. And of course, you have to find a place, make an appointment, all, all of that stuff. So I just decided to go old school like I did back in the day and just go to a Thai massage place. So I show up to this <laughs> Thai massage place and uh, I walk in and she's like, it's 60 bucks for an hour. And I'm thinking to myself, holy shit, it's been like 12 years and it's still super cheap. <laughs> it, these massage places are in, in time time capsules, like nothing has changed. And so I said, okay, I don't have any cash. And so she's like, okay, well, then just Zell me. So I added to my Zell and I put in $75 because I figure, you know, gratuity. And she's like, no, don't do that. It's $60. I said, oh, don't worry about it. Here's, uh, you know, let me give you just something a little extra. And she's like, no, don't do it. And I hit send already. And she got like offended. And I was so confused. And she said, okay, you know what? I'm going to give you your money back. And I was like, well, I'm, I, I don't understand what's going on. I, I you know, I want to give you a tip. So she runs in the other room, exchanges some words um, with either her friend, coworker, boss, someone comes back gives me the $75 in cash and basically tells me to leave. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, what is going on? Now, I'm assuming she thought I wanted more than a massage and me tipping her was a way to, like, I don't know, hint to her that I, you know, wanted a happy ending or something. I'm assuming that's what she was thinking. Uh, but, you know, the other Thai massages I used to go to, they took credit cards they took tips uh and if i didn't tip them they would say uh you know what about a tip they would be very straightforward anyway this i'm telling you this story because on my way home i started thinking i started thinking and it reminded me of my mom and I, my mom was not a masseuse uh and she doesn't she never worked at any kind of um massage place or, or gave happy endings or anything like that i'm not saying that this place did that obviously it didn't that's why it was uh telling me to get out but um i was thinking about my mom because as i was driving home i felt really activated like i wanted to turn back and make make it okay i felt so bad that she thought i wanted more than a massage you know and uh 
and, and this is the um, what I really wanted to share in this episode is why does something activate you? You know, like as I was driving home, I, I felt like, what can I do to make things okay? And also, why do I suddenly have an urge that's really strong to make things okay? When you know this person is a stranger, I'm never gonna see this person again. And I think as I sat with it, the I, the idea of someone who is making sixty dollars an hour and doing manual labor and afraid because this is where her kicking me out came from. It came from fear, and I think. It reminded me of my mom because when my mom first came to America, she didn't speak the language. She had two kids and she worked at like a 7-Eleven. We were in Georgia at the time and so it was called a stop and go. And and some of my earliest memories at like three was uh, at the stop and go riding, sitting down on this like little plastic skinny 70s skateboard. You know, the kind that... um, they used to sell in liquor stores and stuff, right? And, and actually riding up and down the street. I think I was three or four, really young. And I think my mom couldn't get daycare, so she just brought me to work. I also remember stories of her um, saying, I don't, know, I don't know if they're memories or if they're stories, but she used to make Korean food because she would work, you know, the, the 12 to 16 hour shifts. And... It would stink up the stop and go, the 7-Eleven, and customers used to, you know, tell her to go back to her own country and, you know, get that stinky shit out of here, all of that. She also um, was robbed a few times, you know, held up at, at gunpoint. And it, I think, engaging with this lady reminded me of what it must have been like for my mom when she first came to this country. And I think that's why I wanted to go back and... And, and even give her the, the money uh, or return the money uh, even without the service and let her know that I wasn't trying to, you know, take advantage of her in any way. It's so funny because I I always fall, fall into these situations. It's like my life is a series of uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm episodes where I'm at the wrong place at the wrong time or I'm doing something that I, you know, with, with <laughs> my intention is good, but it's like... I get caught doing some weird shit and it's a, it's like a sitcom. Anyway, after the, uh, the years of my mom working at a, uh, a 7-Eleven pretty much, um, she saved up enough money to buy a little burger stand in Burbank. And by this time I was in, in, um, you know, junior high and I kid you not, it was the size of a Mini Cooper. And in that little burger stand, uh, she made burgers and egg rolls and <laughs> teriyaki. And this is the '80s, you know. And um, there, there, you know, fusion wasn't a thing. Asian food was gross and yucky and embarrassing. Um, it was called AMO, and the word Oriental was still used. It was American, Mexican, or and Oriental foods. Uh, and she would have the little fan on, right? And I remember as like a 14-year-old just skating, going to work with her and just skating for hours because, of course, you know, the shift was from like my mom would open the, the little shack at like 9 a.m. We wouldn't come home till 5. 
and I would just be by myself skating, skateboarding, and eating um, tacos and burgers and egg rolls. Um, and at the time, it just kind of felt fun, and it felt like, oh, just mom at work. But now looking back as an adult, she did that shit for 10 years, sweating and, you know, swatting flies and <laughs> making egg rolls and uh, feeding um, people in Burbank. For 10 years, she did that. And the dream back then was to own a franchise and of course mcdonald's was like if you could buy a mcdonald's that was the american dream and of course we could we couldn't have afforded mcdonald's but she did that for 10 years saved up her money and we bought a pioneer chicken and you probably don't know what that is but that was a franchise a dying franchise that by the time we bought it it was basically going out of business and that's why we were able to buy it because it was so cheap and Pioneer Chicken was absorbed by Popeye's Chicken. And so by this time, I was in high school, and we, our family owned a Popeye's Chicken. And I hated it. I, I you know, Korean, the Korean kids work for their parents. It's just, uh, and they live at home until they get married. So uh, luckily, the Popeye's Chicken was in Long Beach. And so it was away from anyone I knew. We lived in Glendale at the time. And I had to work there on the weekends. And I just remember dreading it and you know going there and just like sitting in the office every minute felt like an hour and just the smell of that fried chicken and uh angry customers and you know it being slow and coming home and you know b telling my mom what we sold and it was never enough and we were in debt and all of that as a teenager, of course, I hated it. I was embarrassed of it, wanted to run away from it. But now as a 49-year-old, looking back, the empathy I have for my parents slash my mom um, who ran that Popeye's Chicken for 10 years, you know, without a complaint. And she drove an hour there and, and drove an hour back. <laughs> Two hours of driving a day for 10 years, frying chicken, feeding her kids sending your kids to school and buying them skateboards and cool clothes and uh, wow what a shift in perspective i have from who i was then as a child or a teenager um unappreciative you know um demanding hating that work uh, hating going there being embarrassed of it and then as a 49 year old today feeling um Thinking about what my mom must have felt. I mean, she had no life. She's never had a life. She's never had friends. I mean, all she ever did in her life was work since she was 14. Since she was carrying pails of water to her village in Korea. To um, working at, you know, at the convenience store. To flipping burgers, making egg rolls, and then frying chicken for another 10 years. Um, holy shit. It just, it makes me so appreciative of my parents um, and I wonder if as you're listening to this, uh, if you're thinking about your parents and what they went through, but more importantly, as an adult now, looking back, you know, can you create, um, a space for empathy? Can you be more understanding? Can you see the world through your parents' eyes? And now as an adult knowing 
how hard life can be sometimes, you know. And maybe you had parents who had you young. And if so, they were just in survival mode. Because I tell you, as a parent, and even a 49-year-old, you know, I still can't believe how hard parenting is and how much you have to sacrifice. And I don't know how our parents did what they did with less. All of this coming back to me as I'm in my car leaving a Thai massage place where the masseuse thought I wanted a happy ending. Just sharing my revelations. Um, I hope that this story gets you to think back on your upbringing and your parents. And I don't know what your relationship is like with your parents, but but maybe this story will give you a reframe or a switch in attitude or maybe it will cause you to reach out to your parents. Uh, I see my mom once once a week and um, I have to remind myself... (laughs) to not fall into the trap of you know being rude and and kind of like the the teenager i was but uh be kinder to her be more patient be more understanding knowing her story and everything that she has gone through thank you for listening before i go i just want to remind you i'm super excited about this new thing i'm launching it's uh tat text plus it's uh I've been texting people since, man, seven about seven years now um, when texting self-betterment wasn't even a thing. It sounded kind of nutty. Um, and over the years, I've uh, been texting thousands, and they've really been enjoying it, I think, um, because there's just so much noise in the world. To wake up with a reminder or a different you know, mindset uh, can be very helpful. Anyway, uh, I'm launching audio via text. I'm launching international numbers, finally, something I've never had before. And I'm launching um, videos. And also, if you're a text member, subscriber, you're going to get uh, a link to a Google, uh, well, a Google Docs. But you're going to get a link to a Zoom hang, a live online gather I'm going to do once a month where you can ask me questions live. And uh, we could build community. We could go into breakout rooms. It's going to be what I've been doing for the last... uh, 12 years running groups but i'm gonna be doing it online i'm calling it a gather going in casual over clinical so if you're listening to this and you're interested just go to um my instagram at the angry therapist click my bio link and you will see how to sign up for my uh daily text and i'm gonna do more than just text i'm giving basically mental programming in your pocket in your phone so you wake up with it every day thank you for listening be well Hey, if you have a passion for helping others and you want to create a more meaningful career or add to your current skill set, it's time to become a life coach with Lumia. When I became a life coach many years ago, there wasn't anything like this. So I developed this program alongside with Noel Cordo, Lumia Coach Training. And it's amazing. It's 100% live and online, meaningful, evidence-based education, real people, real community, ICF accredited to with 20 diverse instructors in a thriving alumni community. Go to theangrytherapist.com and click on Become a Coach and explore Lumia Coach Training. I'll see you in class.